All right, y'all, what is going on? This is your man, L. Jamal, coming through with another edition of Never Out of Bounds. Of course, this is the place we can say what you want as long as you got the facts. Today, we have a lot to go through. We're going to start off with the N- sorry, the NFL playoffs. Of course, we just wrapped up with the divisional round last weekend. So let's go through the highlights of that. I also want to get through some college basketball, uh, get through the newest top 25 of the week we're going to go through some notes about some of the top 25 teams some of the teams who's risen and fallen as of recently uh we also have some news to talk about with the university of memphis uh their team has been struggling a little bit right now and then we're also going to get into some of the top 25 scores from over the weekend and over the night and also we're going to get into the nba we're going to talk about the scores from last night and we're also going to get into the standing so like i said uh, a lot to get into but we are going to get straight into it of course with the nfl playoffs of course the divisional round we had uh two matchups on saturday and sunday let's get through saturday first of course we have the Bengals, in my opinion scoring the upset of the weekend uh beating the tights the titans 19 to 16 even with derrick henry returning but let's break it down for the Bengals. joe burrow will go 28 of 37 uh, 348 yards. I believe he would throw a pick. Uh, we have Jamar Chase doing his thing. The, lead, the team's leading receiver with five catches, 109 yards. I also forgot to mention that Joe Mixon would have 54 yards on the ground and a touchdown. T. Higgins would do his thing as well with seven receptions and 96 yards. In terms of defense, the Bengals got help from linebacker Logan Wilson. He would get eight total tackles and an interception. And uh, safety Von Bell would end up with a sack as well. Um, you know, I think the Bengals, for what it's worth, no, they forced a good amount of sacks as well. Uh, both teams were able to get after the quarterback. Uh, but again, uh, one of the factors going for the Bengals, since they weren't necessarily scoring offensively, um, they had Evan McPherson. Uh, now, that kicker would go 4-4, four of four, including the game winner. Uh, they tried to ice him. It didn't work. You know how that goes. Uh, apparently, he had ice in his veins going to Joe Burrow, telling him, are you ready to go to the championship game? I like that. I like that in a squad. I like that in my teammates. Uh, to have a teammate come up to me, regardless of what his position is, and say, hey, you know, how would you like, you know, to do this? Or let's go to the next level and then go out there and do what he has to do to, in order to see that through. So uh, good luck on Ever McPherson. Uh, a lot of confidence to even do that. And, you know, that just shows that this team, you know, um, you know, they're playing as hard as they can. And, and maybe they do belong. So I take nothing away from this win. I just was surprised. Um, I um I had the Titans get. Uh, I gave the Titans the slight advantage because King Henry would be coming back, but it looked as though that didn't make a difference because Ryan Tannehill really didn't have his best game. He would go 15 to 24, 220 yards. He would have a touchdown pass, but he would throw three picks again in a playoff game. It's not going to work. It's not going to be healthy. Uh, but Derrick Henry would have 62, 62 yards on the ground in his return. He would also score a touchdown. A.J. Brown would get five receptions for 142 yards and a touchdown. Linebacker David Long would get a sack, and so would Bud Dupree. So both teams getting after the quarterback Saturday. Uh, just the, the key here for the Bengals was their special teams Evan McPherson coming in super clutch just 100% on his field goal attempts and of course uh, getting that game winner all right so on Saturday's Saturday's second match we had the Niners uh, going up against the Packers 
The Niners get the three-point win in this one. An ugly defensive affair. Uh, but let's break it down, of course. Jimmy G, 11 of 19, 131 yards to the air. <clears throat> he would throw a pick. Uh, but on, on offense, he was helped out by Eli Mitchell. Team's leading rusher with 53 yards. We also got George Kittle um, getting four receptions for 63 yards. Debo Samuel doing his thing with 39 rushing yards. Also, three receptions for 44 yards. Now, um, now these players might not have scored, uh, but they made key crucial plays for field position, moving the ball down the field, setting up field goals. Of course, the game winner by Robbie Gould. So, um, I have no problems uh, with you know none of these guys getting touchdowns. But if you've seen the game, you could see that they still played a factor and they were still important to what the uh, the Niners were trying to accomplish. And again, in the end, they played a factor regardless of scoring or not. To the defensive side of the ball, Eric Armstead with Eric Armstead and Nick Bosa were both both forced a couple sacks. And of course, Jimmy Ward coming up with four total tackles and that blocked field goal going into the half. I personally thought that was one of the plays that changed the trajectory of the game. Uh, special teams was there for the Niners, of course. Robbie Gould kicking the field goals, but again, they had the field goal blocked. I also believe they had a punt block. So just an all-around good effort. I mean, again, um, I mean both teams leave a lot to be desired offensively, but both defenses came to play. Uh, there were still plays offensively, offensively that were made to set things up. So you can't really, you know, fault the offense too much. Uh, like I said, at the end of the day, the other aspects of the Niners team showed up, and it could have been the same for uh, Green Bay truly. But I just think it wasn't the night. And uh, speaking of which, A. Rob will go 20 of 29, 225 yards, and uh, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. I know a lot of people are going to say that uh, he really ne necessarily didn't choke. Uh, but I'm going to say, in a way, he did. 20-29 uh, is not bad, of course. That shows a lot of accuracy. Of course, he didn't throw any interceptions. But I don't feel as though he made any real plays to truly win the game, uh, whether if it went into an interception or not. The great ones are going to make try at least try and attempt to make those plays when his team is down when his team needs something and I don't think he made, made any real plays uh, to score to really you know either you know close the distance between the Niners or you know whatever you know to gain back momentum I didn't see a lot of that from him uh, so again I saw conservative I saw you know him completing passes but again not making true noteworthy plays that an MVP would truly make and I honestly think uh, him and Brett Favre through what I've seen through both of their careers, I'll be honest, numbers aside, whatever, records aside, they're overrated. They've only brought one chip, and they've had multiple opportunities to show the world over and over again just how truly great they are, but they fall apart every time, and now we're going to have to gear through some more excuses. Again, he did not show up to win. He played not to lose, and I don't like I don't like the result. Uh, moving on, AJ Dillon would have 25 rushing yards. Aaron Jones would have nine receptions for 129 yards. Devontae Adams, uh, a factor as well, nine receptions, 90 yards. Of course, these guys did not end up scoring, but again, they made certain plays that kind of you know to you know to keep drives alive, to to set up you know field goals and all that. A Rod should have been doing his best to score I, again. I, I didn't see that in, in uh, Saturday's performance. Again, that's my opinion. But anyways, defensively, Rashawn Gary will get two sacks, and Adrian Amos, the safety, will get an interception. Moving on to Sunday, we got the Rams winning by three against the Buccaneers. In this one, Matt Stafford... 28 of 38, 366 yards. He would throw two touchdown passes. He would also get one on the ground. 
Cooper Cup had a monster game through the air. Nine receptions, 180, 183 yards. He would also score. Uh, tight end Kendall Blanton, I believe, scored his first receiving touchdown of his career. Uh, we also got Donald, Millard, and Floyd. Of course, Aaron Donald, you know, Von Miller, you know, Leonard Floyd. Again, you heard of Crosby, Still, and Nash. How about Donald, Millard, and Floyd? There you go. That's a tandem right there. Three sack or a trio right there. Three sacks, uh, of course, one for the, each of them. And safety Nick Scott would come up with an INT as well. For the Buccaneers, Tom Brady, uh, he would lead his team back from the brink of destruction. 30 of 54, 329 yards. A touchdown. He would throw a pick. Leonard Fournette scored twice. Mike Evans, uh, he torched Jalen Ramsey with eight receptions, 119 yards, and a touchdown. Antoine Winfield Jr. would also get nine tackles. And Vita Vea would show up with a sack. A course in the second half. Like I said, the Rams would hold a 27-3 lead by halftime. Uh, however, in that second half, things would come apart for them. They would lose four fumbles, and the Bucks would tie the game with 42 seconds left. Now, Max Stafford, of course, would step up in the next drive, uh, connecting with Cooper Cup twice to set up the game winner for Matt Gay. Again, just one of those crucial things that, you know, Matt Stafford, he truly stepped up. All right, y'all, in the final game of the weekend, we got the Chiefs getting it done in overtime against the Bills, 42-36. to For the Bills, Josh Allen will go 27-37, to 329 yards. He would throw four touchdowns in the loss. Devin Singletary will score on the ground as well. Gabriel Davis was the main beneficiary of Allen's monstrous day, uh, getting eight receptions for 201 yards, also all the four touchdowns. And Teron Johnson and Ed Oliver will both end up with sacks for the Chiefs. Pat Mahomes will go 33 of 44, 378 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, he also would have, uh, actually, the, he would also be the team's in Russia with 69 yards on the ground and a touchdown. McCole Harvin would have a rushing touchdown. Tyreek Hill would have 11 receptions for 150 yards and a touchdown. Travis Kelsey would have eight receptions and 96 yards, including that game winner uh, at the start of the overtime period. We also got Byron Pringle scoring as well. And defensively, uh, Jerron Reed and also Melvin Ingram was able to get up uh, to you know, come away with a sack, excuse me. Uh, this game was probably the most, well, definitely the most exciting of all of them we saw during the weekend. Uh, high scoring, I pretty much saw this game going that way. Um, I'm surprised Josh Allen didn't throw any picks, honestly. Um, no quarterback threw any picks, despite these defenses kind of being, you know, kind of being turnover machines. I can't remember if there was fumbles and all that, but uh, both quarterbacks played as well as they could. Um, I know there's some issues with the NFL overtime rules. I, again, I don't I don't see necessarily what the argument is. Uh, I would have to look into that a little bit more on my own time. But I don't see where it you know hampered the game a little. Any if if, if anything, uh, no bad calls. Both teams had adequate possessions, and uh, this is what you get. Um, like I said, the most exciting game of the weekend. Um, I wasn't surprised by the result. Um, one of these teams, I mean, they're both the best, I feel, uh, right now, uh, at least in the AFC. This is the cream of the crop. So, um, you know, one of these teams are more than likely going to be representing the AFC. So we're going to be representing the AFC in the Super Bowl anyway. So um, that's what you that's what you want to see in a matchup like this. All right, y'all, I'm going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we'll be going over some college basketball. I want to go over the stats. Uh, we want to go over – just want to go a little a little bit over the news and then also we'll get into some of the most recent scores all right y'all i'll be right back 
people. Hurry up, jump inside, looking at the diamond shine. High as hell down 85, with a hair between my thighs. Two D, drop top, fast enough to make hot stop. Licking every trim, drop, 16 color flip flop. Toss, we gonna tilt, top, scatter when the clip pop. Everybody's lips locked, ever since my shit dropped. They say Archie be crazy, they say Archie be sick. They say Archie don't play no games and he don't take no shit. They say we ride on dubs, and yes, our time is shining. And if you love it like I do, then stop it and rewind it. I'm rolling hard like them dubs on a bandit bang. My diamond shining, cause the money we got plenty, man. You asking me where I'm from, I'm from the dirty, dirty. Where them girls showing love, we gon' cut a buddy. I'm rolling hard like them dubs on a bandit bang. My diamond shining, cause the money we got plenty, man. All right, y'all, I am back. We're going to, we are going to break down some college basketball. We are going to start off with this week's top 25. We're also going to get through some news and some of the top scores from the week as well. All right, let's get into the top 25. At number 25, the first team we have on this well, new the newest team we have on the scene is Davidson. They are coming in at 16-3. and three. Now, their last game will end up being a loss. Uh, I believe that was at home to VCU, a.k.a. Virginia Commonwealth University, who is 12 and 6 with the two point upset win uh, last night. Uh, in that game, Davidson was led by Ford Luka Brachovic. Uh, he would have 23 points, two assists, and also 12 rebounds. Lee Hyun Jung will get 13 points and five rebounds, and Foster Lawyer will put up uh, 12 points as well. For VCU, uh, their leading scorer was Vince Williams. He got 16 points, 6 rebounds. Adrian Baldwin Jr. will put up 15 points, uh, also 2 assists and 2 rebounds. And Levi Stockard third, excuse me, will put up 12 points. A couple of well, the, the biggest takeaway for me in this game uh, will be VCU. Uh, they just came in shooting at a pretty good clip, uh, 50% from the field and from three. They were forced eight steals, 15 turnovers. Um, and when it when it comes down to a couple possessions like this, uh, that's the telltale sign. Turnovers, steals. Uh, again, Davidson did not handle the ball properly in this game. However, outside from this matchup, they are a pretty decent offensive team. 55th in the nation in scoring with 70 over 77 points per game. They are also ninth in offensive rating at 115.8. They are also fifth in shooting percentage, almost 50%, 49.8. Uh, they are second in three-point shooting at 41. Now this team, of course, uh, we mentioned some of their top uh, top performers. Uh, that including uh, Lee Hyun Jun. Uh, he averages 16.2 points per game. So even in the loss, he's kind of near his averages. Not so much of a bad game. Remember, just not up to his normal standards last night. Uh, but he also averages six rebounds and also two assists. Junior guard Foster Lawyer, uh, a definite factor in this team offensively. 15 points, over 15 points a game. He provides and also 3.4 
assists. Moving on to number 24, uh, we have Illinois. Again, they were in we were, they were in action last night. We, we will go we will go over actually Tuesday night, and we'll go over that action in just a little bit. We have a number 23 Iowa State at number 22. We have Marquette at 15 and six. At number 21, we have Xavier at 14 and five. At number 20, we got UConn here at 14 and four. At number 19, we have LSU who is 16 and four. At number 18, we have another team representing the SEC at 14 and five. We have Tennessee. Up next, we have Providence who was in action last night to be uh, to be precise with another top 15 team. Uh, we'll be going over that. Uh, Providence is 17 and two so far on the year. Up next, we have Ohio State. Uh, they are 12 and four. Uh, so a little bit about them. Uh, they have been off for a while. Uh, their most recent game that they were supposed to take part in against Nebraska, that was postponed, unfortunately, due to COVID restrictions. Now, up next, they will be playing 11-5 and Minnesota. Now, Ohio State is currently 10th in effective field goal shooting, and also they're uh, shooting at 40% from three, so one of the top teams in that department as well. Uh, so they have a lot going for them offensively. Of course, EJ Little, the, their forward, is back. Uh, the All-American, I believe, from last season as well. 19.4 points per game, over seven rebounds. Uh, you know he's going to be a definitely key, a definite, definite key factor for the Buckeyes moving forward and in this game coming up. Uh, for Minnesota, uh, they started off winning ten of their first eleven games, but they will lose four straight before beating Rutgers. Uh, now they were number fourteen. They are number fourteen in turnover rate. They give up a lot of turnovers, and they're also coming into this game. I believe that is actually, if I'm not mistaken, coming on today. Uh, if it hasn't already happened yet, uh, we'll go through this later on in the week. But uh, their leading scorers, Jamison Battle, is questionable, as well as guards Peyton Willis and also EJ St uh, Stevens. All of those guys are their top scorers. So Minnesota's offense is not around right now. So uh, the fact that they're, you know, still have a, a decent record right now, 11 and 5. I'm not too sure their, their their rankings or their rankings right now in the Big Ten standings. But just for them to to be, uh, you know, a few games, a, a few games over 500, uh, that that uh, that means something for again to have three. If I'm not mistaken, even four. I don't have that the fourth guy mentioned here, but I think they're missing four. Of their top scores, so uh, you know Ohio State. Oh, sorry, Mich uh, sorry Minnesota. Uh, you know, just finds a way to get it done. Again, I don't think that's gonna. You know, I, I don't think it's gonna be enough against Ohio State right now, though. That's just my opinion. Moving on, at number fifteen, we have USC uh, coming in here at seventeen and two. Uh, they've been riding a three-game winning streak since losing to Oregon a little while back. They recently swept Cal, sorry, not Cal, but Colorado and Utah for the first time since the teams first uh, since the teams have joined the Pac-12. They also got an easy win against Arizona State to start off the week. So uh, USC is on the right trajectory. They will probably move up in the rankings as we as we move along. They're currently third in the Pac-12 at seven and two. At number fourteen, we have Villanova at fifteen and five. At number thirteen, we have Texas Tech at fifteen and five as well. At number 12, we have Kentucky at 16 and 4. We have Wisconsin coming in at number 11, 15 and 3. At number 10, yes, we finally cracked the top 10. We have Michigan State at 15 and 4. At number 5, we have Duke. They are 16 and 3. At number 8, we have uh, excuse me, Houston at 17 and 2. UCLA is at number 7. 
14 and 2. They had a really good win against uh, Arizona this week. We will be going over that in just a second. Uh, we also got Baylor at 18 and 2. At number six, we have Purdue, who's 16 and 3. At number five, we have Kansas at 17 and 2. At four, we got Baylor, who's 18 and 2. Three, we got uh, Arizona, who's 16 and 2. Uh, Gonzaga and Auburn uh, make up the top two spots. Gonzaga is 15 and 2, and Auburn is 19 and 1. The first time being ranked number one in their well, their entire program since at least on the basketball side of things. Um, let's take a look at come. Uh, well, let's take a look at Baylor real quick. Uh, Baylor is 35th in score, uh, scoring currently, averaging over averaging over 78. Uh, 78, uh, 78 points per game. They're also 20th in offensive rating, 113.4 for them. This, key, this team is currently 11th in defense as well, just giving up 59 points per game. They're also 5th in defensive rating and also 12th in steals. So this team gets down defensively. Um, I think since they've been nationally ranked and nationally, you know, kind of relevant, they've had this pattern where they've been a top defensive team. So I'm not really surprised by that. And of course, with Auburn, like I said, this was their first number one ranking uh, since they've been you know a, a basketball program um, this is crazy given the fact uh, that they have uh, some drama brewing with them uh, it's kind of um it well it's kind of found a solution uh, but they have committed some violations um more so with one of their former assistants. Uh, long story short, he was pretty much being paid, uh, by, I believe it was by a company, maybe an individual, something like that. But to steer potential pro talent on that program to a certain financial advisor or agent, I'm not too sure if it was an agency as, as in terms of a group or a financial advisor company or just one person. Um, but again, you know, it was some it was some foul play to some extent, and it happened under head coaches Bruce Pearl Bruce Pearl's watch. Um, with that being said, uh, the 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 sorry the discipline that they face is minor, uh, was rather minor. Um, kind of insignificant there's no postseason ban uh because the team pretty much they implemented their own discipline so uh they'll be having a probation period that'll last up to four years where they'll be getting two less scholarships per year and uh some other non-disclosed things at the moment but again pretty much just a slap on the wrist uh for something i don't know if it's you know super serious but again you know it's just one of those it's a violation of you know ncaa protocol so again uh with that being said drama aside you know again auburn keeps getting it done uh we'll we will look at them a little bit more in just a second because they were in action this week uh but let's get into some of the top 25 scores from last night uh we have number 23 iowa state getting it done by three against oklahoma state 84 and 81 uh oklahoma had came into this game sorry oklahoma state had came into this game riding a three-game winning streak iowa state had been struggling dropping two in a row um i had some questions about what they were able to do offensively particularly since oklahoma state was keeping teams rather on lock uh they kept uh, the majority of their opponents under 70 points so to see iowa state kind of do that score 84 points despite having uh, struggling offense to begin with still a good look for them uh they should maintain uh with uh you know in in the within the rankings maybe they might jump up a spot or maybe not not too sure but they they should stay uh within the top 25 we got number 20 uh, 22 marquette getting it done last night against seton hall 73 to 63 like i said uh vcu was able to get the upset over number 25 davidson 70 70 to 68 and um 
let's move on to some other scores from course you know like i said throughout the course of the week uh some really good basketball we got a chance to see oh um actually one more score from wednesday like i said number 17 providence was able to get it done like i said against another top 25 team this time against xavier uh providence moves to 17 and 2 uh, xavier moves to 14 and 5 uh Providence wins by a score of 75 to 62. In this one, uh, Providence was led by guard Aljami Durham. He would get 22 points, four assists, and a couple rebounds. Jared Bynum would get a couple rebounds as well at 16 points and four assists. And Ed Crosswell coming off the bench, he would get 10 points and six rebounds. And again, much crucial for what uh, the Friars wanted to get done last night. Uh, Xavier would get help from guard Paul Scruggs. 16 points from him, three assists, and also four rebounds and four jack nunge will get 15 points nine rebounds and four assists and zach uh freemantle will get 12 points and two assists uh to add to that like i said let's move on to some other uh top 25 scores just for the course of the week uh just through the course so far of the week uh, some really good games uh, we have on Monday night actually Tuesday night uh, with number seven UCLA getting it done against number three Arizona 75 to 53 was the final score of course UCLA is 14 and two Arizona is 16 and two overall six and one in the Pac-12 both teams are six one in the Pac-12 uh, to be exact but for UCLA they were led by guard guard Jules Bernard 15 points from him third Three assists and also seven rebounds. Johnny Juzang was able to get 15 points, two assists, and three rebounds. And Jaime Haquez, one of my favorite players at the moment right now, 10 points from him, three assists, and also seven rebounds. I think Tiger Campbell got between eight and 10 points off of the bench as well. I'm not 100% sure about that. Don't hold me to that. Uh, for Arizona, Benedict Matherin would do his thing. The leading scorer for the team, actually between both teams, 16 points from him, two assists, and also 10 rebounds. Christian Coloco would get 11 points, two assists, and also seven rebounds. And Pele Larson would get 10 points and five uh, five rebounds for the Wildcats. For Arizona, they would shoot just 30% from the field, so not really a good game for them in that realm. They also would give up 14 turnovers. UCLA had a strong, hot start, outscoring uh, Arizona 40-29 to in the first half, and they would pretty much carry that uh, to a victory again another good solid win for UCLA you know pretty much solidifying that this team pretty much can make a run throughout March I don't think I mean I'm not too sure that they're anybody's favorites right now but personally with Oregon taking a, a, a step back this year which I kind of figured would happen I think at least coming out of the back the Pac-12 uh, UCLA, UCLA uh, maybe even uh, USC, but you still got Arizona in the mix to, to some extent as well. But just those three teams right there definitely, I think, make uh, at this point, particularly, like I said, UCLA is going to more than likely make that tournament. Uh, but let's move on. Like I said, we have some more scores to get through. Also on Monday, we had number five, uh, Kansas, getting it done by three against Texas Tech. 94 to 91 was the final score. Of course, Kansas is 17 and two. Texas Tech is 15 and five. Kansas is six and one in the Big 12. Texas Tech is five and three. In this one, the Jayhawks were led by O. Uh, sorry, the Jayhawks were led by Ochai Agbaji. Seven to 12 for three. 37 total points. Seven rebounds. Two assists. Guard Christian Brown would also do his thing. I think at the X Factor, uh, pretty much one of the particularly down the stretch. He was making some clutch shots uh, in part. 
particular. 15 points, 6 assists, and 7 rebounds. David McCormick, the forward, will get 13 points and 5 rebounds. For Texas Tech, Bryson Williams will get 33 points, 5 rebounds. Again, he attacked mostly in the paint, almost on some Giannis-esque type of type of production, but 33 points from him, pretty much all in the paint, five rebounds as well. Kevin Obinor uh, will get seven, uh, 17 points, eight rebounds, and three blocks, and da uh, Davian Warren will get you five, uh, 15 points, excuse me, 15 more points, five assists, and two steals. Uh, moving on to Tuesday, we have some Big Ten action. Number 10, Michigan State, uh, comes up a little bit short uh, to number 24, Illinois, 55 to 56. Uh, Michigan State is now 15 and four overall, six and two impact uh, sorry big 12 sorry big 12 big 10 action and illinois is 14 and 5 overall and 7 and 2 in the big 10 the biggest takeaway from this one illinois without was without their best offensive players kofi cockburn and alex Curbelo. they still got it done i don't know how but anyways let's break down the box score real quick michigan state uh will get help from ford marcus bingham 13 points from him, 6 rebounds, and also 4 blocks. Gabe Brown will put up 10 points and 3 rebounds. And for Illinois, uh, guard Trent Frazier will put up 16 points, 5 assists, and 3 rebounds. And Alfonso Plummer will get you 11 points, 4 assists, and 3 rebounds. Let's move on to Auburn. Uh, they were in action Tuesday as well. They also had a, cl a too close to call game. Uh, this was to unranked Missouri. 55-40. Uh, 54 was the final score here. Auburn moves to 19-1. 8 and 0 in SEC play unfortunately for Missouri uh just not just not a successful year so far 8 and 11 is their current record 2 and 5 in the SEC for Auburn guard KD Johnson will go 17 points 3 steals Walker Kessler will put up 13 points as well as 12 rebounds. For Missouri, guard Jared Pickett would have 17 points, 6 rebounds, and 2 steals. And Jared Coleman would have 10 points and 3 rebounds to help out as well. All right, we are going to move on to some news. We have a couple little uh, stories to break down. First thing is coming from Memphis, and uh, they've been on a downward slide this season. They haven't been able to get it to work under head coach Penny Hardaway. And the cool thing about Memphis was that they started off, you know, really good. They were actually ranked as high as number 12 earlier in the year. Uh, this is naturally a, well, normally a nationally ranked program. But like I said, it struggled a lot this year. They lost uh, three straight games. Uh, well, going back to last week, uh, their last loss was to SMU. Uh, they would drop to 9-8 and eight and 3-4 and four in their conference, which is the American Athletic Conference. Currently, they're 81st in scoring with 76 points per game, and they're also 229th in overall defense, giving up about 70 points a game. In their last outing, uh, sorry, in their last outing, Memphis will struggle without leading scores from last season, uh, Landers, Molly, and also DeAndre, uh, DeAndre Williams. Uh, they both missed a combined six game uh, just dealing with their own injuries. Now, recently, Coach Penny uh, was seen kind of blasting the media. Uh, he's stressing about dealing with a uh, younger, uh, younger squad. Um, he would go on to say, you know, um, well, I believe, you know, college basketball in, in general is kind of giving him a hard time. Um, I understand that, you know, he said, you know, what he said, but I also think they're kind of spinning his comments out of control. Obviously, he's dealing with some frustration, uh, but I mean, for what it's worth, I I think you know it's warranted. Um, you know, 
you know, he has a lot of younger players he is relying on. And the two seniors that he has, one of them is only putting up barely six points a game, barely three rebounds. We have one senior here, uh, guard Tyler Harris, putting up nine points. Again, I'm not saying, you know, that's not helpful, but again, as being a senior, you you know your experience within the program, you probably should be one of the you know leading scores right now, particularly with what the team has going on right now. Tyler only puts up 1.6 assists as well, so again, you're not really getting that consistency offensively. The team has also gone four and eight since being Virginia Tech in November. They haven't also they also haven't missed, made the NCAA tournament since uh, Penny's arrival. So again, there's some things going against him. I think this. Year hasn't been the easiest. I think they're kind of just jumping on him. You know, again, it's just circumstances this season. I know he hasn't made an NCAA tourney yet, but I think, you know, in a way, you know, he's a, it's his first time being a coach. You know, not everything is going to go uh, to plan. I mean, it's not like he replaced somebody that was taking him to national championships and taking him to conference championships, and it was just somehow this great uh, squad to begin with. So, uh, Pity is in a tough situation here. I do wish him all the best because, again, you know, I, I, I got to support my brothers. But, again, with that also being said, uh, you know, he's just dealing with some – I think he is dealing with, you know, circumstances this year, just having just younger guys that just aren't, you know – aren't ready yet and then again he's he does have some older guy a couple seniors on the squad but obviously they're not doing a whole lot to, to, to you know to help out in terms of wins so he's in a he's in a rock and a hard place and of course you know they're gonna get they're gonna go after the, the head coach first that's just the way that they do it all right y'all let's move on we have some news coming out of louisville uh they recently let go of their head coach chris mack uh with a 4.5 million buyout so that means they paid him 4.5 million to go home now the team is currently 11 and 9 um and they recently lost on the road to virginia a couple games ago, a couple days ago and that was their fifth loss in six games now mack was suspended without pay for the first six games of the year and the team has been six and eight since he came back he wasn't he was was hired in 2018 after nine years at Xavier and this first season he would uh, lead Louisville to an NCAA tournament and in the very next year they would finish second in the conference but again you know things fall apart the next season of course we had everything get canceled because of COVID but they would finish 13 and 7 uh sorry sorry um in 2021, they would finish 13 and seven after starting 19 and one, and they would actually miss out on the playoffs. Now, here's the kicker, though. Overall, Mac wasn't that bad. He was 16 and 68 and 36 at Louisville. So, what can you really say there? Maybe there wasn't enough confidence. Uh, of course, I think the team probably didn't give him enough time to kind of see his way out. But I mean, that's a that's a pretty damn good winning percentage. 68 wins, only 36 losses. I mean, again, I, there he did. He was facing some issues with violations and. NCAA violation so that might have been uh, some of the factors into that as well so again uh, one coach is out the door it looks like they kind of trying to push another coach at the door in, in Memphis you know what it is Auburn is the number one that's the biggest news that you need to take away from this and I'll be taking a quick break and when I'll be back y'all we'll be going over some NBA uh, just, uh, just over the score from last night and of course the standings alright y'all I will be right back
All right, y'all, let's wrap up everything for today. We are going to get into the NBA. Let's get through the scores from last night. Um, first, we have the, the Clippers getting it done. Yes, the Clippers getting it done against the Magic. 111 to 102. The Clippers improved to 25 and 25. The Magic, uh, they go down to 9 and 40. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a it's been a rough time for them. But uh, for the Clippers, they were led by guard Amir Kafi. He would get 19 points, five assists, and six rebounds. Luke Kennard would get 17 points and five rebounds, and Terrence Mann would get 14 points and two assists for the Clippers. For the Magic, they were led by guard Franz Wagner, 21 points, two assists, and three rebounds. We got Cole Anthony with 19 points, 11 assists, and six rebounds, and Jalen Suggs and Guy Harris would both get 14 points. Suggs would add three assists and four rebounds to his totals. For the Clippers, they would shoot over 44% from three. Uh, sorry, 44% from the field and 51% from three. They would also have seven steals and also four sets. Sorry, fi- actually, they would give up 15 turnovers. So a sloppy game for them, uh, but they just have the offense to be able to get it done. And it looks like they do so. They are 25-25 and 25 so far at, the, at this point in the season. Up next, we got the Hornets beating the Pacers 158-120. to Twenty-six. The Hornets are twenty-seven and twenty-two, and the Pacers moved to seventeen and thirty-two. For the Hornets, they were led by Miles Bridges, twenty-two points from him, four rebounds. Kelly Oubre Jr., thirty-nine points from him, three assists, and also five rebounds. And Lamelo Ball will get twenty-nine points, thirteen assists, and ten rebounds. For the uh, Pacers, they were led by Go- uh, sorry Goga uh, Bitstade, seventeen points from him, six rebounds, and also a couple assists. Isaiah. Isaiah Jackson, excuse me, would get 17 points as well as four rebounds. And Toy Craig would get 14 points, three rebounds, and a couple assists to boot. Uh, the Bucks come up short against the Cavaliers last night, 99 to 115. We got the Heat beating the Knicks 110 to 96. And the Hawks getting it done against the Kings 121 to 104. We got the Bulls. Uh, they get it done against the Raptors 111 to 105. The Bulls are currently at 30 and 17. The Raptors are 23 and 23 for the Raptors they were led by Gary Trent in the game 32 points from him Scotty Barnes would put up 16 points 7 assists and 5 rebounds and OJ Anubi would get 23 points 4 assists and 5 rebounds for the Raptors Sorry, for the Bulls, excuse me. Uh, DeMar DeRozan would be your leading scorer. 29 points from him, 7 assists, 7 rebounds. Zach Zach Levine would do his thing. 23 points, 8 rebounds, and 8 assists. And Nikola Vucevic would get 17 points. 15, uh, sorry, 15 rebounds and eight assists. Uh, moving on, we finally got uh, we got a couple more matchups to go through. First up, we have the Nuggets getting it done against the Nets, 124, sorry, 124 to 118. The Nuggets, uh, Nuggets are currently 26 and 21. The Nets are 29 and 19. For the Nuggets, they were led by, of course, Nikola Jokic, 26 points, eight rebounds and sorry, eight assists and 10 rebounds. Austin Rivers will get you 25 points, and Will Barton put up 21 points. Four assists and also 10 rebounds for the Nets. Cameron Thomas will lead the way with 25 points. Patty Mills will put up 21 points, six assists, and three rebounds. And LaMarcus Aldridge will get you 18 points and eight 
rebounds. Moving on, we got the Grizzlies getting the best of the Spurs, 118-110. to And finally, the Suns, they get a win against the Jazz, 105-97. to The Suns are 38-9, and and the Jazz are 30-19. and For the Suns, they were led by Devin Booker, 43 points from him. He would also get 12 rebounds and 4 assists. CP3 would have 21 points, 5 assists, and 4 rebounds. Maybe Bismack Biyombo will get you 12 points and 6 rebounds too. And then moving on to the Jazz, Jordan Clarkson will get 26 points, 2 assists, and 5 rebounds. Hassan Whiteside and Michael Conley will both get uh, 16 points, and Mike Conley will put up 10 assists as well. Moving on from last night's scores, we are going to trans or we are make our way through the standings, starting off with the Eastern Conference. The first team we have uh, up is the the Heat. They are currently 31 and 17 on the year, eight and two in their last ten back-to-back Ws for them. They are fifth in scoring. To, uh, Currently, 108 uh, 108 points per game. They are third in offensive rating. They are also second in three-point shooting at 37%, and they are sixth in assists. Uh, they average about 25 over 25 a game. They're currently fourth in defense as well, 103 points allowed per game. And, of course, this team, as usual, led by Jimmy Butler, a.k.a. Jimmy Buckets, 21 points from him, a little bit over 21 points to be exact, 48% from the field, six rebounds, and also six assists are his average totals. We also got Tyler Hero here, 20 over 20 points a game, 20.7 at 43% shooting, 39% from three, and also 4.9 rebounds, and also four assists. Uh, the second best team in the East is going to be... The Bulls at 30 and 7, just a half game back, 4 and 6 in the last 10. They are coming off two back, sorry, they are coming off back-to-back wins as well. Uh, both Alice Caruso and Lonzo Ball have missed uh, some time. They are still expected to be out six to eight weeks. Caruso is out with a wrist injury. Lonzo Ball is out with a knee injury. How can the Bulls maintain? We will see as time progresses. At number three, we have the Cavaliers here at 30 and 19 as well. Uh, one and a half, 30 and 19, excuse me, one and a half games back, eight and two in their last 10. They are coming off three straight wins. Uh, they have 15 threes in their last win over Milwaukee. Sixth, they are currently sixth in the league in field goal percentage, 14th in three point shooting. They are second in total defense with 102 points. It's a little bit over 100 points, 102 points that they're giving up a game, and they are 12th in total rebounds. Uh, this is the third season season for their leading scorer, Darius Garland. He is currently averaging 19.7 points per game on 46% shooting at 36% shooting from three. He's also averaging eight assists. At number four, we have the Nets here at 29 and 19, two games back, four and six in the last 10, but they are on a slightly lower trajectory with two losses in a row. We have the Bucks here at 30 and 20. Two games back, five and five in the last ten. Uh, in their last matchup, of course, they faced off against the Cavaliers. Giannis would have 26 points in that game, three assists, and also nine rebounds. Bobby Portis was the next leading scorer with 22 points and seven rebounds. I think the, a couple things that definitely held them back in that loss to the Cavs was not going nine of 27 from three. They also would give up 19 turnovers. But for what it's worth, uh, Bucks are just two games back from the lead in the East. At number six, we have the Sixers here at 28 and 19. 7-3 in the last 10. They're coming off back-to-back wins as well. The Hornets are four and a half games back at 27-22. And, and at the last, at the eighth, eighth place spot right now, uh, we have uh, 
Celtics here at 25 and 24, six and a half games back, six and a half games back, seven and three in the last 10, also riding a two game winning streak. This team, um, a little bit down in offense, I think around 19 and 20, but as usual, this is a top 10 defense, seventh uh, to be exact, just a little bit over uh, 104 points per, points per game. They are fourth in defensive rating with a 107. They are also fifth in total rebounds and third in blocks, and they're only allowing a field goal percentage of about 40 percent which is i believe i know that's top five and again that's solid for them um uh, moving on to the western conference we have the suns here at 38 and 9 of course the number one team to beat in all of basketball it's like really eight wins in a row third in overall offense 112 points per game on average first in field goal shooting uh 47.6 percentage there they're also third in three-point shooting with 36 percent in terms of defense they're a top 10 team there, ranked at number six just giving up a little bit over 104 points per game they are seventh in rebounds they're also six in steals averaging about eight a game they're still dealing with injuries to deandre ayton they uh jameson crowder and also Cameron Payne. Uh, I think Jamison Crowder and uh, Cameron Payne are are listed as day to day, but you know they're not at they're not fully one hundred percent yet, and that's the problem. But the thing about it is, this team still is you know tops in the league. Uh, they're pulling off eight wins in a row. So obviously, I mean, again, they're going to be a factor at some point. That you think that they would, but for what it's worth, they are getting the job done right right now. Uh, up next at number two, we have the Warriors here at 35 and 13, six and four in the last 10, three wins in a row for them. Three and a half games back, and they're also dealing with injury issues as well. We have Draymond Green dealing with a back and a, some calf issues. Steph Curry has missed some time as well dealing with his shooting hand, um, and there is no real true clear timetable for any of these guys to return and they've also gone four and four since these guys have been out of the lineup since their uh since their win against cleveland i think uh both of those guys played somewhat in that in that game i think that was clay thompson's return if i'm not mistaken uh clay thompson for what it's worth is having some solid games though. Uh, number three, we have the Grizzlies here at 33 and 17, six and a half games back, seven and three in their last uh, their last ten. Uh, we have the Jazz here at 30 and 19, nine games back for them, two and a half. Uh, sorry, two and eight in their last ten, three straight losses for them. Uh, up next, we have the Mavericks, 28 and 21 for them, 11 games back, seven and three in their last ten. Um, I looked up some. Um, this is funny because I was looking up the Dallas Mavericks, right? And for some teams, when I, you know, kind of go in on them, I, you know, either go through stats, I talk about the last game that they've recently played in, or I might just pull up a random news article and kind of go from there. And I came across this one. Of course, I didn't read it because I thought it was bullshit. Uh, but it, it kind of went and talked about, well, just from the, the, the title itself, it was talking about why the league was, you know, majority black. And, of course, I'm paraphrasing, of course, but the Dallas Mavericks, their starting five seems to be all white or something like that. I didn't even go into reading about the bullshit. I, I just read from the, the damn title. I thought this is a bullshit article. Didn't even check it out. But again, that's just type the type of the type of stuff that you'll see out here in in, in the media nowadays. I, it's not even really worth going into. Up next, we have number six. We have the Denver Nuggets here at 26, 20, 26 and twenty one. Twelve games back, seven and three in their last uh, ten as well. Three wins in a row for them. 
Of course, uh, they had a really good game against the Nets last night, pulled off a W there. They're 11th in total defense, allowing just 107 points per game. They are 5th in field goal shooting at 46%, and they are also 4th in assist, giving up, uh, sorry, averaging about 26 a game. Nikola Jokic, of course, is the biggest factor behind all this. 26.2 points per game for him on 57% shooting, 3.8, 13, excuse me, 13.8 rebounds. He doesn't get a lot of blocks, which, I mean, for a big man, I would like for you to get blocks. But, again, he does average about a steal a game, which, again, is good. At number seven, we have the Timberwolves here at 20, 24 and 23, 6 and 4 in the last 10. And we have the Clippers here, 25 and 25. Currently, this team is 25th in scoring. Uh, 25th in scoring. 10th in defense, though, 106 points allowed a game. They are 8th in field goal shooting and 2nd in 3-point, sorry, 8th in field goal uh, percentage allowed and also 2nd in 3-point uh, shooting allowed, meaning 3-point percentage allowed, meaning, you know, teams aren't scoring a whole lot of buckets on them. So that's one thing that they have going for them. Uh, they're also 12th in steals. Paul George may need surgery on his uh, ULC, which is something within his elbow. So he's dealing with some elbow problems. So uh, if he needs surgery, just we just got to know that that's going to keep him out of the lineup even longer. He has missed time since going back to December. And uh, without Kawhi right here to kind of help right the ship, you know, and you have Paul George out, it's just, it's just a, a miracle that they're at 500, in my opinion. But they play in solid defense, and that seems to be getting the job done so far. All right, y'all, I'm going to call it a wrap for tonight. Uh, when I come back, I'll be breaking down some previews for the NFC and also the ASC championships. I also wanted to get start getting into some news again, uh, some current events. I wanted to talk about Joe Biden in his first year in office, how trash it was and how trash he is as a president. I also want to talk about Kanye West and how uh, I'm sick and tired of hearing about his stupid-ass girl drama, which he needs to figure out. He's a billionaire. You shouldn't be caught up on one girl and trying to make her jealous with another girl. You, I thought you be evolved from that but apparently he's not so i wanted to talk about that bullshit as well but i'll leave that for the next episode and go in a little bit deeper of course we have some youtube projects that we're working on the history of oregon football that we are wrapped well i am wrapping up on that should be out pretty soon um yeah just keep uh just keep uh just keep up with your support. Just keep up, uh, you know, with the notifications. I will let you guys know what the deal is as we get closer, as I get closer. I keep saying we as if I got partners and editors. No, it's just me. I ain't got no other writers. I'm the writer. I'm the research team. I'm the editing team. So, yeah, y'all know what it is just to let y'all know. But uh, like I said, uh, some good things have ha happened to me the past couple of weeks. I did finally get a car, y'all. So, you know, the credit is good. The money is right. Finally, you know, now I got something to show for it. So I feel good about that, y'all. So, um, you know, I feel good. I feel healthy. Uh, I'm back. My health is better again. My mental health is again coming around. You know, I've done something good for myself. I've had some time to, to heal from my mother passing and um, things are looking bright. So, um, again, I'm going to try to get this out more often as I can. Uh, but again, it just takes some times between, uh, you know, work and everything like that and trying to maintain this, this, uh, this life in general, but I will leave my links available for you guys. Uh, I shouldn't, it shouldn't be too long before I'm back again, because again, I want to be able to go over these NFL, uh, playoff matchups. So look out for that. I also, Oh, also want to give my thoughts on Barry Bonds. Look at, look out for that in the next few editions, maybe the next edition, I might push it off for another couple of days, but again, 
that's coming as well. All right, y'all. Like I said, if anybody if anybody hasn't told you yet, I love you. Peace out. One love. Of course, the links will be available in the description for the episode. I'll holler at you guys later. Peace out.